Welcome back to the OME Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Petro, and this is our last episode of this season. This podcast and subsequent webinars focuses on bringing the voices from some of the best speakers from the most recent OAME conference so they can repeat their talks online for a wider audience. This month, we're talking with District School Board of Niagara teachers Lisa Sertam and Christine LeBeau. At last year's OAME conference, they did a session titled A Fusion of Math and Special Education. And on today's episode, they will give us a brief outline of what we can expect when they repeat that session live in webinar format in a couple of weeks. So let's get right to it. Tonight, I'm talking with Lisa Chertam and Christine LeBeau. Lisa and Christine, how are you guys doing? We're great. Pretty good. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, I wonder if you guys could tell us a little bit about yourselves. I can go first. I'm a secondary math consultant at the District School Board of Niagara right now, and I've been in this position for about nine years now. And prior to that, I was a high school math teacher at a couple of schools in this board. And prior to that, I actually taught for a little while in the Peel Board. That's where I started my teaching career. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Christine, what about yourself? I'm currently the Student Supports Program Leader at Grimsby Secondary School. I'm a full-time CERT, and for the past two years, I've been supporting grade nine applied math classrooms directly by going into the classroom. My teachables are English, history, and geography, so my learning curve in math has been steep, but um, it's been great. So can you just, for our listeners' sake, tell me what a CERT is? Oh, a CERT is a special education resource teacher. Okay, so now are you uh, assigned to individual classes or individual students, or how, is that, how does that work? So I have a caseload, and so I manage uh, students in the school who have IEPs, individual education plans, and so I work with another teacher, and we support students in our school who have IEPs, and I also work very closely with the student success teacher. Okay, and as I always ask our guests here, as this is the OAME Talks podcast, I'm curious if you could each tell us how you first got involved with OAME. Sure. I've been involved in OME in a very variety of capacities over the years. Gosh, I think I probably went to my first OME conference as a student teacher and then uh, have attended quite a few conferences over the years, as well as the leadership conferences. Uh, But I didn't really get involved sort of from other perspectives until I moved to the Niagara region. And then I started working together with the folks that already had a nice, strong golden section operating. And I kind of got pulled into that and started running our local spring conferences and helping out with MCIS and that type of task. And in 2010, a group of us took on running the um, provincial conference here. So that was when I really felt like I dove in to working with OME. And just for the past few years now, I've been uh, part of the board of directors. So OME has been a big part of my kind of professional learning journey along the way. There's a lot of parallels for me in in your journey there. I'm wondering, Lisa, if you could talk a little bit about that transition from being just a participant at OME conference to a presenter. That's a good question. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the first, I actually, the first time I presented at an OME event was 
at an OME leadership quite early in my career. And I really presented as a tag along with my mom. <laughs> um, she was doing um, some sessions at leadership and asked if I wanted to present together with her. So that was my first taste of that. I think I encourage with our teachers here, uh, the first time you present can feel intimidating, even though it's a very welcoming crowd. So I always encourage people to, to do it together with somebody else. And even better, if you can kind of do it with somebody that's had that experience already. So that's often what I try to encourage our program leaders and our board to do is, is to suggest to them if they've got somebody in their department that's thinking about maybe presenting to, to suggest that, you know, they'd be willing to do it together with them because it's always nice just to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of. And just uh, for our listeners' sake, uh, your mom is Christine Sertam, Dr. Christine Sertam, who I believe just won an award. She just, yeah, won the Fields Award. It, yeah, it, it, that's definitely an interesting experience. I, ca- I can't imagine what that would be like to present with uh, my mother. <laughs> yeah, not everybody would have that experience, probably. No, no, no not, a, not everybody. And Christine, what about yourself? So my experience with OAMI has not been as extensive as Lisa's. She actually introduced, introduced me to the conference because throughout the 2018-2019 school year, we worked together on a teacher learning and leadership program, or a TLLP, and called it Supporting Students with Learning Disabilities in Mathematics. And so through the TLLP, we shared, that's what our webinar and our presentation at OAMI was about, uh, was our TLLP experience. And so I presented with with Lisa um, at the conference last spring, and I was able to attend sessions there as a non-math person. And the conference, like I got so much out of that conference. And as well through the conversations that we had during our OAMI presentation. So I guess I have two follow-up questions to that. Firstly, you already admitted to having a steep learning curve uh, in terms of being involved with mathematics uh, in your current role. And so what is that like to have a steep learning curve and then to be presenting on that topic at a provincial conference? Well, to be honest with you, it was great because one of the things that I've really thought about as a CERT is how can we better support students in mathematics. And so I needed to become familiar with the curriculum. And I focused on grade nine um, because a lot of what I do in my job is focused on the grade nine transition. And one of my observations was a number of our students, they have skills, but they just don't have confidence in their ability to do math. And especially in applied classrooms, you know, we want to build on that growth mindset and, you know, ensure that they have, like, build them up so that they realize that they they have the skills. And, you know, I, I wanted to dig deeper into how we can better accommodate our students. So I decided to start with grade nines. And then the TLLP opportunity came up and I thought this is a perfect way to to work with other math teachers and other certs 
and learn what's happening in other schools. And, you know, at my school, I've been lucky in that the teachers in our math department have welcomed me into their classrooms. And so just being a part of the classroom environment has been an excellent way for me to get to know my students better, but also to build the relationships with the teachers so that we can work together to better support our students. So now I'm curious, uh, as a non uh, a non math person or non math trained person, what was your if you could give us a little more detail about your experience of OAME, a mathematics conference, for your first time last year? Basically, uh, I attended sessions that related somewhat to my experience. So. I went to sessions that related to in-risk learners, and one of my favorite sessions was about the social risk tied up with math and how a lot of students identify with their ability to be a good student, with their ability to do math, and their ability to do math quickly. So something that I really got out of my experience working with Lisa and the TLLP, and then it was validated at the OAMI conference, is the shift in math teaching. So it's it's much different than when I was a student in high school and how the focus is on the process in, in math. It's not how quickly you can get to the right answer. It's what is your thinking to get to the answer? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the right answer, but how are you approaching the question? And so in my experience as a CERT, uh, we need to get that information out of our students. And for a lot of our students who have special education needs, they have the thinking that we need to support them in getting their ideas out. And so, you know, we've looked at providing more scribes and getting them to articulate their answers, you know, and, and building them up and how can we go about building up student confidence in their skills. And so the sessions that I attended sort of supported what I had learned through the TLLP, but they also opened my eyes to other avenues as to how can we set up our math classrooms so that they are more welcoming and engaging for our students who might feel that they're not very good in math. And that would be in quotes, right. like I can't right. do math. So this month, you two are going to be presenting our OAME Talks webinar. You're going to be repeating your session from last year's OAME conference called A Fusion of Mathematics and Special Education. Now, I don't want to give away the entire talk, but I'm wondering if you could give us maybe a brief outline of what kind of things you'll be talking about. Sure, I can start uh, speaking to that and then Christine, I'm sure, can uh, jump in with some thoughts. So really, it's it's mostly a story of our journey, I think. We have um, been fortunate enough that teachers in our board each year have really seized the opportunity to use the TLP as an opportunity to do some more learning around areas that they're particularly interested in. And so we've had quite a few TLPs focused around mathematics in a variety of ways and our board uh, a lot of our teachers have been doing some work around supporting special education students better than they felt like they had before and had some questions a lot of our certs i found were reaching out and asking just for some ideas about how to support students with mathematics some of them as christine alluded to aren't always comfortable with mathematics and felt that they wished they could learn a bit more about math and what's happening in math classes so they could better support the students that they work with. 
And so we worked together with a group of teachers to put forward an application. And basically, we had a fantastic team of special education teachers, as well as mathematics teachers working together last year to learn and basically feed off of each other's expertise and try to figure out is there more that we can do to support these learners in the classroom to achieve really what what we believe they should be able to achieve and what they're actually capable of. So um, basically in our webinar, we share a bit about that journey. We'll highlight sort of some aha moments that we had along the way. And Christine will really be able to speak to, and maybe she'll talk about this in, in a moment, her own journey. So we've ad adjusted our webinar a bit more because we've continued to learn since then. So since we presented in May, Christine can speak a bit about sort of how she's taken some of her learnings and continues on with them at the school that she's at. Yeah, so like I, I mentioned earlier, I wanted to learn more about how can we better accommodate our students. Last year, all of our grade nine math classes were spiraled. And I discovered just through the conversations that I had with teachers in my in my school and with other certs in the district school board of Niagara that people had a lot of opinions about the benefits of spiraling the math curriculum. And then I had some of my own questions about what does that look like for assessment. So I really I learned a lot about what spiraling the math curriculum is and the benefits that it brings to to students and I got to hear math teachers voice on that and um, I found that very valuable because I have regular conversations with parents and so it just allowed me to talk about what's happening in the math classroom and why it looks a little different than it traditionally has looked what it be it in elementary school or what the parent themselves has experience with math. And so, you know, just talking to the teachers and learning about what a typical lesson looks like. So in our webinar, we will be touching on the, the different lessons that we worked upon, worked on. So we, were, we worked together on four different math lessons that we then delivered in four different schools. And so for me, I got to be able to see the lesson and what it looked like before and then what it looked like when we worked together on on the activity afterwards and then we got to observe it being taught and you know some of the strategies that we learned about in the TLLP or I learned about in the TLLP about uh, vertical non-permanent spaces so the use of the whiteboards and you know simple things like having students stand up and work on a math problem um, on the whiteboard, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if, if Lisa had just told me, hey, you know what, this is a great strategy and this is why. I don't know that I would have believed it with the certainty that I believe it now because I actually got to see grade nine applied students working together on a math problem, standing up at a whiteboard, being completely on topic and just seeing their thinking and hearing their thinking and then traveling around from different schools into different groups and just hearing the their engagement and then just seeing the different ways that they went about tackling the problem. I don't know that I would have believed it just having a conversation with Lisa or 
the math teachers in my school about it, but I actually got to experience it and I got to see the students working together using these strategies. And I have to say it was, it was pretty amazing and it was pretty exciting for me to see as well. And so I've been working with our math department head at Grimsby, as well as the teachers who are teaching uh, the grade nine course at my school. And so I'm in their classrooms more frequently this year. And then it's also spreading to other departments as well. So myself and my colleagues, we've been invited into senior math classrooms. We're going into English classrooms. So I think the idea of having the CERT involved at the point of instruction has proven to be very effective and more teachers are getting on board with that and feeling comfortable having another teacher in their classroom and working together to better meet the needs of the students. So Christine, are you working primarily with math teachers or are you working with students in any of the classes they have? That's a good question. So I work with all students on my caseload, but I find that a really great way to get to know my students and to get them feeling comfortable accessing my supports is by being in the classroom so that they see me and I'm just kind of a a normal part of their day. And so that that increases their comfort level with me. So then when they do need support, they're not going to hesitate in coming to find me. Um, Because as a CERT, you know, I feel like I'm much more effective if I'm able to go into classrooms. So the, the grade nine math class that I've been supporting this year in first semester, there were 23 students in the class and 18 of them had IEPs. So it was just a, a great way for me to work with a number of my students who are on my caseload at one time and then they're getting to know me and I get to know them and then now they're in an English classroom so they have no problem coming forward and asking me to read to read something for them or to scribe something for them or to uh, read over their writing or whatever so now I'm being invited into other classrooms as well it is something that you definitely need the support of your administration for because you still have to make sure your resource room is covered but my administration is very supportive, so we make it work. So would you say that some of the ideas that you are learning in the math class are spilling over into some of the other non-mathematical classes? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say absolutely. So last year, my focus was on going into math classrooms. And then, like I said, this year, I'm, st- I'm still a part of the math classrooms. And it's interesting because, you know, I've been focused on grade nine applied math but I just recently received an invitation to go into a grade nine academic class to support some of the learners in that classroom. And then an English classroom, we've been in a grade 11 English classroom, as well as a grade nine English classroom, and then senior math. So I can't do everything, but my team, we're working together and we're we're supporting different classrooms that way. Okay. So I I think that's, that's very telling that the ideas that you're using to help students with, you know, special ed requirements in math class are universal enough to be used in, in other classes. And I, and I think that really speaks to the power of some of these, these methods. For sure. And I think because, you know, I've been working for two years now supporting grade nine applied math classrooms, the teachers are talking 
and they're saying, hey, you know what, this is this is actually working for, for my class. My students are doing a lot better. Supports are in place. And so they're talking and they're like, oh, maybe I'll try that in my classroom. And so then we try to make it work, whether it's one day a week, if we can do two days a week or whenever they're doing something that requires, if they have an activity that they could use extra teachers, you know, I communicate with, with my principal and my vice principal and, you know, we, we can juggle things around so that we can ensure that the resource room is covered and then we can be extra support in the classrooms. Okay, so now I don't want to give away the entire webinar here. We do want people to come out uh, in a couple of weeks to hear your webinar. But I'm curious if maybe you can, if one of you can maybe give me a sense of what one takeaway that you hope teachers might get by attending the webinar. Sure, I can speak to that. Um, For me, honestly, I think we are really hoping that we can inspire other folks to kind of go on a similar journey. So I, I really believe that all math teachers obviously connect with a special education resource teacher in their building at various points in time. But for many years, at least what I've seen is often it's like a conversation. If there's a concern, you check in with each other once in a while, but you don't get to do some really concentrated work together. So I think our, one of our you know, hopes for people that participate in the webinar is that they come away feeling inspired to dive in and collaborate a little bit more and um, really shift that model. As Christine said, in our board, uh, for many years, often when students are looking for support, they would leave the classroom and they would go work with a special education resource teacher in a different location. And as Christine said, we're really working on making that shift to rather than pulling the students out, why not have that resource teacher in the classroom to see how the teacher is facilitating the learning in that room allow those students to stay in the classroom so the special education resource teacher can see what kinds of things are happening in there and they can offer supports that make sense for that specific situation. And as Christine said, often it lets her see many of the students she's supporting all in a room at the same time and it gives her more opportunities to connect with them and have some familiarity. So I think for me anyways, a big takeaway would be to inspire others to sort of shift that model and start working more closely together and better understand how to support these kids. And then for me, I would say my takeaway is, you know, or what I hope people would take away is even if you have a a cert that may not feel comfortable with math, that's not a great reason to, to not work together because you can overcome that. And, you know, I think what I've learned is that great things are already happening in math classrooms, but sometimes there's just little small things that can be tweaked that add so much more to the classroom and that are very helpful for students. And they're just small little adjustments. And I think a cert can, can really help with that to increase student achievement. Okay, so that's a lot to think about and a lot that I hope you will expand upon when you do your webinar for us in a couple of weeks. Lisa and Christine, I'd like to thank you for coming out and talking with us today, and we will see you in a couple of weeks uh, at your webinar. Thank you, David. Sounds great. Thanks, David. That was Lisa Sertam, who is a secondary math consultant, and Christine LeBeau, who is a special education resource teacher, both at the District School Board of Niagara. They were giving us an overview of their upcoming webinar, A Fusion of Math and Special Education. 
That webinar will go live on March 11th at 8 p.m. and is for OAME members only. Members can register at our MCIS registration site. Look for links in the description. And as I said, this is the last episode of this season. We'll be back next fall with a new slate of speakers from the upcoming OAME conference in Oshawa in May. Check out oame2020.ca for more info on that. But if you can't wait, check out the last three episodes of OAME Talks for a preview of all our featured speakers. So that does it for this season. We'll see you next season on the next episodes of OAME Talks.